This episode is brought to you by our friends at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS exists to provide ministerial training in the context of a confessional local church. They are, among other things, confessional, Baptist, affordable, and accessible. They are also now fully accredited by the Association of Reformed Theological Seminaries. You can learn more about them at their website, which is cbtseminary.org. Again, that is cbtseminary.org. The Covenant Podcast exists to discuss doctrine, theology, and the biblical worldview from a covenantal Baptist perspective. We pray that this resource will be edifying to you and glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. We want to welcome back a friendly visitor, Wade Lentz, who is quickly becoming a regular contributor to the Covenant Podcast. Uh, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to some of the uh, episodes we've done with him on expository preaching and sermon delivery. Uh, just for a quick way of introduction, Wade has been blessed to pastor four different churches over the past 20 years. For the past six years, Wade has been the pastor of the church where he grew up, Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas. And as much as he loves being a pastor, Wade has never lost his love for music and singing. In the year 2000, Wade formed a part-time group called Canaan Lamb, which consisted of his wife, Amanda, his brother, Lee, along with Ronnie Lacays and Kurt Crook. Uh, Wade is a husband, a father, a, pas- a pastor, a bass singer, and an expositor of scripture. Uh, Brother Wade, we want to welcome you to the podcast today to talk about the topic of bivocational ministry. So welcome to the podcast again. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's always a joy, and I count it an honor to be with you guys on this podcast. Yes, as Austin said, thank you again, Wade, for coming on. The first question we want to ask as we're talking about bivocational ministry is what does it mean to be in bivocational ministry, or what does that mean? Well, uh, very simply, it is a bivocational pastor has all the responsibilities of a full-time pastor, just part-time pay. And, and, uh, so, uh, it is, it is a pastor who works in the secular field, uh, full-time and then pastors, uh, as well and just getting uh, part-time uh, pay. So um, that's basically what a bivocational pastor is. It's a pastor who, who has a secular job, full-time job, and then pastors a, a church. Uh, and we want to talk with you about this topic because uh, you and I have mentioned that you do have some experience in bivocational ministry. So can you tell our audience about Uh, some of your experiences in bivocational ministry and how long were you in bivocational ministry? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, this, this topic really is near and dear to my heart because I was a bivocational pastor for about 15 years. And uh, so I understand the hardships 
and the heartaches of being a pastor while working a full-time job. And the particular job that I had, uh, I didn't have banker's hours. I wouldn't, I didn't have an eight to five job. I worked for a utility company and uh, it was the natural gas company. And especially this time of the year, um, there were long hours. There were several nights where I would be working or get called out. I can remember several times, um, you know, having to miss on a Wednesday night, having to call somebody at the church and said, Hey guys, I've got an emergency. I can't make it tonight. You're going to fill in. Um, and then working all night, Saturday night and having to preach on Sunday morning. So I know what bivocational pastoring is. And uh, so again, this is very near and dear to my heart. And, and I do have a heart for just bivocational pastors. I, 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 um, I'll just, I'm praying that this podcast uh, would be an encouragement to, to someone uh, to keep going and to keep serving uh, because it can get very, very difficult at times. How long were you in bivocational ministry? You said uh, 15 years? Yes, for about 15 years, I, uh, I pastored uh, churches and, and worked. And, uh, <clears throat> as I said, I was, I started out, uh, in my job with very little responsibility. Okay. So it wasn't very taxing on me physically and mentally, but the longer I stayed at my job, the more responsibility they gave me. And it soon became, uh, of course, working in the natural gas industry is a dangerous job at times. And, um, so that was a little, little different, different element that maybe the average bivocational pastor doesn't have to go through. But, uh, yeah, I, I did that for about 15 years. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I can, I've never been bivocational and so I can imagine some of the hardships and difficulties and struggles that uh, come through those experiences. But one thing that I'm, interested uh, to hear your thoughts about, and maybe you have some encouragements uh, to bivocational ministers in this regard is, uh, what is the sermon preparation experience like whenever you are bivocational? Well, that, that is it's very difficult. A typical week for me was my sermon prep would start, I'd, I'd come home from work on Monday, and I would play with my kids. I had two small kids at the time, see them just for a little bit. And I'd go straight into my office and my home and stay in there for a few hours on Monday night, Tuesday night, the same thing. Of course, Monday and Tuesday, you're trying to prepare for a Wednesday message. And, uh, then Thursday night, you have to begin pre preparing for Sunday's message. And so you do that on Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday was cram day because um, you only have, you know, at the most two hours, possibly three hours a night, but normally not even that much because of just the, the family uh, atmosphere and all that that's going on with your own family. 
So Saturdays were really very uh, hectic and far and trying to finish virtually two sermons on Saturday. And then of course, Sunday afternoon, very rarely did I have all my sermon preparation done on that Saturday for my Sunday evening service. So Sunday afternoon, it was still preparing for that Sunday evening service. And so again, with being a bivocational pastor, you're still having to preach all the same sermons and same services that a full-time pastor has. You just don't have as much time to prepare. And so you really have to utilize the time that you have. And the thing is, guys, that, that comes at a cost. And that cost is, for me, my family. And I cannot tell you the, the times that on Saturdays when my wife would want to go to the park and, you know, uh, do some hiking or something where I would have to stay home and, um, and she would go with my mother-in-law or, or whatever. But uh, I missed a lot of times and my wife would be the first one to tell you that I missed a lot in my you know, my oldest children's life because of the bivocational ministry. And uh, a lot of that I put on myself, but a lot of that was just the nature of the, the ministry that I was in. So sermon prep is a, is a very difficult thing to do, um, and you have to stay constant at it. There, there's just no room for, uh, for, for missing a night or two, or you'll find yourself in a, in a mess quick. Mm. Do we have any scriptural examples of bivocational ministers and how would you, or how do you believe we can reconcile bivocational ministry with passages like first Timothy five seventeen? Right. Right. Well, you know, um, we could say that the apostle Paul was a bivocational pastor and that, uh, you know, he had, he made tents and so forth. Um, course he he chose that for himself he did not want to burden the church um, but uh, the difference in what the apostle Paul did is that he could do things you know do his work on his time and he didn't have a boss to say hey we need this done at this hour and and uh, you know uh, so he could work on his own time but uh, that would be a a one example. Um, and there's others in there that, that most of the men in those days, I believe had other, uh, whether it was fishing or whatever, uh, that they did to help compensate the income, uh, for their, for them and their family. Uh, as far as first Timothy chapter five and verse 17, um, that is a very good scripture and, and obviously uh, one that needs to be, uh, you know, that churches need to take serious. Um, it's just that some churches are so small that they really cannot do as much as uh, other churches are able to do. So um, if the church is doing all that it can, and maybe even above, then then I believe they're they're staying uh, uh, 
correct on that text and not not trying to short change uh, change the uh, the pastor in any way, but doing everything they can, whether that's one hundred and fifty dollars a week or three hundred dollars a week. And there's other ways to to pay, you know, honor. And it's not talking just monetarily, but a church, especially by vocational churches, need to pay double honor to their pastor in that of respect and uh, reverence um, because of all that he's doing. They need to take some extra time and to invest in their pastor because he is investing so much into them. So it's more than just monetarily. Uh, this double honor also speaks about much more respect than uh, maybe uh, other elders that may be in the church because this is the preaching uh, uh, pastor, the preaching elder. So uh, that's that would be my answer to those questions there. What are some of the biggest difficulties of being bivocational? I know you've alluded to them. So uh, if you can, if, if you're willing to, can you flush those out a little more? Yeah, the, the biggest difficulties is um, what, what I experienced was mental and physical fatigue. Uh, when I started pastoring in my early 20s and, and working, that was not as, as big as a factor. But when I be, hit my middle 30s and I was still working a lot of hours and the church was growing and so there was more responsibilities on both ends of my life, um, I got very physically tired and mentally tired, and that is not a good thing. Uh, to be honest with you, with you, the second church that I pastored, uh, the church at uh, in El Paso, Arkansas, um, I, looking back and looking at all the situation that I was going through at the time, I was just plum burnout. I was burnout. And I didn't see that as much at the time going through it. But looking back, I can see, man, I was just burnout. And um, so that's one of the disadvantages that you really have to guard yourself against is uh, being pulled at so many different directions that you will, uh, you know, really limit your ministry in the long run. What are some of the advantages of being a bivocational pastor? Well, I, you know, there are some advantages. Um, and I would think maybe one advantage would be that the pastor doesn't have to be nearly as concerned about with uh, church budgets, you know, because sometimes full-time pastors are constantly concerned about that because the bulk of the church budgets might be going to uh, his income. So he's concerned about, okay, wow, if we lose more members, or if we lose more income, they may have to dock my pay or they may have to uh, put me in part-time uh, position. So that's not a concern with bivocational. Um, so uh, you as a pastor, you've got security, um, maybe more security because you know that, hey, if the church, 
you know, vote you out, you're not going to be on the streets. You have a job, you have a way to, to take care of your family. So in those ways that, that can be an advantage than maybe what a full-time pastor has to go through. And, uh, with that, you do have more Liberty, uh, seemingly, uh, to take a church in a, in a direction that you feel it needs to go because uh, you're not as fearful as, hey, if you, if you do this and do that, we're going to vote you out. Well, if you vote me out, you know, I, I, I still have a, a job <laughs> and so forth. So um, you're, you're not near as uh, fearful to do those things. And um, so that's, that's, that is an advantage um, that, that one can, can, uh, you know, see as if they are a bivocational pastor. Some good thoughts. Um, moving our conversation forward, um, in Dr. James Renahan's book, Edification and Beauty, he gives uh, some examples of some 17th century English particular Baptists that were bivocational. Uh, he, he writes that Keach, Knowles, Kiffin, and Cox all supplemented their income with secular employment, as did other men in other places. And one can see the difficulty inherent in their lives of these ministers. So uh, this isn't something that's just new to uh, our century. It is right, difficulty right. that other pastors have had to deal with throughout church history uh, following that. Can you think of any other bivocational ministers throughout church history? You know, I, I really cannot, especially not in, in modern times. I cannot think of, uh, of one that uh, was a, a known or prominent bivocational pastor. I'm sure there are, but uh, I just... I cannot think of one. I, and I'm curious to, to know what maybe what Benjamin Keach did and these other guys did outside of their, uh, of their ministry. And uh, because what may be different in their time and our time is that um, today, if you're a bivocational pastor, you are working for another man. Normally you have to work in a factory or work for a corporation where they dictate to you your hours, when you can take off and all of those aspects there that make it more difficult than maybe than what Keach did or what these other uh, particular Baptists did in the 17th century. Um, but, uh, you know, so, but I do not know anybody uh, currently or even down through the, the, American history that uh, was a prominent bivocational pastor. And, you know, just let me say this uh, concerning bivocational pastors is that you are not second class pastors. And, and sometimes it's uh, know that if we, uh, when I was a bivocational pastor and if I went to a Bible conference or went to an associational meeting and you're sitting around with other men who are pastoring in larger churches and they're talking about all the things that they're able to do, these different events that they're able to attend. Um, you can, you can feel rather inferior. You can feel rather insignificant thinking, okay, well, I'm pastoring a church of 30 and I have to work full time. I don't, 
you know, and, and you can be grieved at that, but don't ever consider yourself second class. God has called you. There is a great need for your ministry. And, um, so I always, uh, that's why I want to encourage these guys because I know what it's like and you want to so badly. I had such a desire to be in the full-time ministry and, um, and, but I had to wait on the Lord. And in that time, while I was working out in the secular field, the Lord was preparing me. He was preparing me. And, uh, so to be quite honest, I wasn't ready to pastor full time when I was 23. The Lord was having to do his work of sanctification in me and growing me until I was 36 years old. And uh, so everybody's journey is different. And if you are in the bivocational ministry, enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey. And uh, that is what God has called you and that's where God has called you, and you bloom where you are planted. Amen to all that, for sure. Um, kind of piggybacking off that, you, you gave some encouragement to bivocational minister themselves. Um, what encouragement do you have to give to churches or, or members of churches that have bivocational pastors? Mm-hmm. Well, if... I would say to churches to really love your pastor um, and and make that known to him that, that he is very much appreciated, um, that he is well loved. Um, and again, we're not talking about just about monetary gifts, but uh, do special things for him, whether it is uh, having some type of a special recognition, um, be uh, helpful to him and allowing him to have some off days, some off Sundays. Um, where I messed up as a bivocational pastor, I felt like I had to do everything all the time. And it really hurt me in the long run. And uh, I felt like, wow, if, if, I, I did have some men in the church who could have preached for me on Sunday nights occasionally and Wednesday nights occasionally, but I felt so much pressure that, you know, the church has called me to be the pastor. They're paying me though part-time they're paying me to be the pastor. And so I felt like that I had to, um, where the church should understand that the pastor needs to have some breaks. He's got to have some, some rest. And um, so I would encourage churches to allow that. Don't be such a stickler to saying, you know, you're going to teach here on Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, regardless. Open yourself up to allowing other men in your church uh, to, to fill in in those slots uh, if the pastor needs them this next question wasn't a part of the original ones but just thinking about the topic um 
I was bivocational for a whopping month and and I know that it was not it was not fun during that time, even though it, it did reap many benefits for my own soul. But the question is, what can pastors like myself or, or Austin or yourself who aren't bivocational and are now currently full time do to encourage and support ministers who are bivocational that they know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I do, I do have a, a young man that I try to encourage often, and that is just me calling him, uh, taking him out to, uh, to lunch, um, you know, making myself available to him for if he has any advice or if he has, you know, any difficulties in his church, he knows that he can call me. Sometimes when, when you're a bivocational, uh, you feel like, well, you can't, I don't have anything in common with, with other full-time pastors and you don't feel like you can just call anybody. And so I wanted to make myself available to this young man to where he felt like that, uh, though I was not bivocational, Hey, I know what you're going through. I know the different difficulties that you have. So just find those guys and invest in them because you know, the difficulties that they're going through they're, they're They have the same burdens that a full-time pastor has. And, uh, but yet they don't have as much time, as much time as they would like maybe to study and to shepherd the church and to love the people. Um, the biggest difference that I, I saw in me becoming full-time pastor, and this is something that my church saw very quickly, was that my sermons got much deeper and they were, they were much better delivered, much more content to them. I had church members come to me and say, Brother Webb, wow, we can tell a difference between, you know, your bivocational sermons and your full-time ministry sermons. One of the big differences is that now I'm giving myself fully to the ministry and I'm able to study more and able to dig more. And so, uh, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, I would say again, just find those guys, encourage them, let them know that there is a great need for their ministry. There's a lot of small churches that just cannot pay full time. Uh, this last question we typically reserve for book recommendations. And I personally don't know many books related to the topic that we're discussing today. Uh, Brother Wade, if you have some books that you want to recommend, you're more than welcome to. But uh, for the sake of this question, let's not just limit it to books, maybe uh, podcasts or people or uh, maybe events that you know about. What are some resources? or maybe even people that you know that would be willing to help with the topic of bivocational ministry to those who are in need. Right. Um, you know, there are several books. I, I just looked the other day and uh, jotted down some different books out there. Now I have not read them. I, I'm not familiar with their, the authors of them, but you know, uh, there is one in particular called Serving as a Bivocational Pastor 
by James Highland. Um, there, there's a resource there. There's another one by uh, Dennis Bickers, The Art and Practice of Bivocational Ministry. And uh, so there are some books out there, and these are rather, rather new, but uh, some helps out there that uh, a bivocational can no doubt benefit from by, uh, by reading these books. And what was your second part of that question? Any other resources besides books, maybe podcasts or uh, conferences that you know of bivocational ministers or even people that are uh, like yourself that are helpful in uh, bivocational ministry uh, sure. counseling with others? Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not familiar with any special bivocational conferences. There may be some out there, but if, if I was a bivocational pastor, um, I would, uh, surround myself with other men. Don't, don't cut yourself off. And I know time is a big restraint, uh, sometimes, but, um, try to get involved as much as you can surround yourself with some godly men, whether they are bivocational pastors or they're full-time pastors. And, um, just, uh, the biggest danger with a, a bivocational pastor is that they do not have time to attend conferences. They don't have time to attend associational meetings. A lot of times they get left out. And so um, just do your best to surround yourself with some, some good solid men that will encourage you in the faith and in the ministry. We have been discussing bivocational ministry with Wade Lentz. Thank you again for coming on, Wade. My pleasure. As usual, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS exists to provide ministerial training in the context of a confessional local church. They are, among other things, confessional, Baptist, accessible, and affordable and accredited. You can learn more about them at cbtseminary.org. Again, that is cbtseminary.org. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. If you've enjoyed this resource or you simply like the Covenant Podcast, head on over to our iTunes page, subscribe, and leave us a review. We are also available via Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Podbean. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Podcast. Grace and peace to you.